It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Every time, bro. Every time. It's literally every single time I hear that you song. You just wake up and you feel good. You know what I mean? You just come in here, you sit down, and you hear this directly at 10 o'clock every Sunday. I don't know how it makes you guys feel, but it makes us feel pretty special. It makes me feel like I want to run through about four walls. Yeah, and there's four in here, so let's get started. Let's get going. Good morning and welcome to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. Happy Sunday, fun day to everybody, getting you ready for week two of the NFL season here. Raymond Osterhout, Kobe Brickner, Joey Haas, let's go around in a circle here and I'll say good morning to each other. First off, good morning to you, Raymond. Good morning, Josef, and good morning, Kobe. Kobe. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Joey. Good morning, listeners. There it is. Uh, Good morning, everybody listening in the Capital Region, wherever you are, in your car, at home, on your couch, Uh, and um, let's have a good show. Uh, Lots to talk about today. And it'll be, you know, it's NFL season. It's still like that fresh, um, that fresh wound kind of, right? So it's like the thing that we want to talk about the most. Uh, So obviously there's going to be a lot of football. We'll touch on the Yankees. We'll touch on the Mets. We'll touch on the Jets, the Giants, the Bills. Um, There's been a lot of uh, storylines in football as well uh, that I want to talk about. We can talk about... A lot of things, yeah. because that's what we do here. It's a it's a sports sports talk show, right? I don't even know who I'm going to pick today for pickums. I think this is like one of the this is a pretty tough week. I think for pickums, I don't know if it, there's a lot of good games on the slate. Today. Oh, there's a ton of good there's games, a ton of good games, yeah, and, and the two Monday night games tomorrow are going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Just some things from the prior week, I guess, and just some things that you know, just some cool stories, I guess. Uh, imagine playing a doubleheader. In baseball yesterday, playing your first game, right? Then playing your second game and having that second game go to 15 innings. Well, that was the Guardians last night. Uh, I can't believe that. And they played today. Like I was just saying, you guys, they played today at 140. They didn't even sleep. What <laughs> What time was that game over? It had to be probably, what, 1, 2 o'clock? Yeah. I would assume. 100%. Um, so there's that. There is an interesting story. Maybe we'll talk about it for a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll just graze over it, uh, but definitely want to hear about the, uh, I don't know if you guys have saw the news, but Tom Brady will now get Wednesdays off. Just, all right, Tom, you don't have to do anything on Wednesdays. I mean, the guy is, how old is he now? 45. 45. A 45-year-old Tom Brady. I, I get it. Um, the thing is, though, if this team was dominant last week, like, they, they look good, don't get me wrong, but they didn't look dominant, Right. So I guess my thing is, is I don't really have too big of an opinion on that, whether it's good or bad for the team. Like Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady, I think, regardless. Um, I think what it's more about is if these injuries keep up with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, potentially even Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette. Like a lot of people are going to be questionable throughout the season for the Bucks, And that's just how it's going to be every single week. Like we are going to go into most weeks not knowing who's going to be playing until kickoff for the for the Buccaneers. So my biggest thing is, is if that does happen where one week, right, Say Brady has an off day on Wednesday and they have a Thursday night game, right? Say you go into Wednesday, have have your practice. Brady's not there. I mean, maybe it'll be exceptional if, if there's a Thursday game, but I'm just saying in this scenario. Say he goes into a Wednesday game 
or Wednesday practice doesn't show up, Julio, Evans, and Fournette are all out. Then you go into the next day basically with a new team that you're throwing the football to and rushing the football with. So I think that's probably the only thing that I'll say. It could it could mess them up in a, in a potential regular season game, but I don't think for the long run it's really going to be you know any downfall for them. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a, an interesting story. Huh? You know, never really seen something like that. Um, other things, NFL pick them, of course. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Uh, Bad week one. For we'll me. do. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a rough week for you. Yeah, negative. Um, we will do. I think I went negative once last year. Some uh, some fantasy football talk, right? Tell you guys who's in and who's out. See if we can get you uh, some up to uh, up to the minute reports uh, from uh, Kobe Man over there. So hopefully he can uh, he can pull through and give us some updates. And Kobe said he's actually hopping on a phone call with Adam Schefter at uh, at eleven. <laughs> That's so right. He's my guy. Him and Schefter <laughs> are going to talk right before uh, right before kickoff and stuff, and really solidify who's in and who's out. So <laughs> Kobe, let me know how that goes. All right. Of course. And today we got Kobe as as hoodie Kobe. Usually I'm the one with the hoodie, so this is this is interesting. It's like looking in a mirror right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh it's an interesting one. Um, but <laughs> where do I want to start? Um, I think I want to start with the New York Mets. I think I want to start with the Mets. You guys cool with that? Of course. Cool. Um, so clearly the Mets have been struggling a little bit. And it seems like they may have figured it out a little bit. And you know, <laughs> You know who's been the re- one of the real guys that's kind of fueled this this you know rekindled the fire? It's been two. In my opinion. it is it has been two. I agree. Yeah, maybe we're maybe we're thinking of two completely different probably. guys. So. <laughs> I mean, knowing but us, the two, probably the two guys that I think of. One and and this is the un the unsung hero that I hate on all the time, but I think he's 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 doing a great job right now. Daniel Vogelback. Yep, he's mashing baseballs right now. He is, and uh, the other guy. Is is a, a personal favorite of your of yours, Ray, and that would be uh, Mr. Eduardo Escobar. Yeah, we're thinking of the same two. Guys. Okay, cool. So, I mean, it could have been Pete, it could have been Frankie, it could have been Marte, it could have been McNeil. It's not. I feel like like obviously McNeil is still hitting what well like above three hundred by uh, a significant sure, margin, sure, right? Sure, sure. Over the fa- past few games, he's gone over four, over three here and there. He's made some great plays in the field and done some defensive work, and that and that's just the one thing that I think stands out to me about this Mets team, right? Is we talked about from day one how deep this lineup is and how on any given night you can go out and you can have Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, or even a guy in Sterling Marte go 0 for 3, 0 for 4, your top four hitters, whoever you want to throw in there as that. And guys who are struggling, guys who need to step up, Thomas Nito went for hit two home runs after going about 450 plate appearances or something stupid and back-to-back plate appearances hitting a home run after not hitting it for that long. It just seems like every single night, right? Every anybody at any time can step up and that and I think that's the biggest depth. Um these guys have the deepest team and that's one thing that we talked about from the start, from the jump of the season is no matter what, like Eduardo Escobar was hitting what 215, 220, now he's almost up to 230, he's been on a hot streak. And he's getting hot at the right time. If uh, if he can continue to hit the way that he is, Vogelback can continue to do what he's doing. And um, Naquin, who's been also an unsung, I mean, he's been hasn't really been hitting the ball out of the park, but his average has been absolutely absurd since he joined the Mets. So it seems like anybody you plug in this lineup has been fitting. Kobe, how happy are you with the Mets? Um, you know, it's an up and down. Like, yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster yeah. there. Um, I want to shout or shout out Mark Vientos, first major league hit a couple nights ago. Good for him. Glad to have you here. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a roller coaster. 
Oh, it's a roller coaster. And, Trust and we, me, I can get that. And we talked about it, um, I think, not last episode, but the episode before of how the Mets are we're supposed to roll through these um, opponents. And it's just not like that. So yeah, I'm re- I'm ready Slept to the Cubs. I'm ready for the Mets to just kind of take these last. I think they won their last two games against the Pirates and just last three games against the Pirates. Go for the sweep just tonight. Keep rolling. Okay, I, I mean that's fair. Yeah, um, it just it's just so surprising to me that it's you know, it's it's Vogelback, and I hate it on Vogelback so hard. Like, oh yeah, you know, Vogelback's not going to be that guy. Blah blah blah. Well, here's well, the here thing: he is doing it. So, Here, like, here's the thing, though. Take this, Joey. And, yeah, <laughs> shovel where the sun sun don't shine. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I know you were. You're yeah. good. You're good with those. Um, the thing with Vogelback, right? Is here's my thing. Imagine Juan Soto, right? Imagine if Juan Soto could just choose to hit righties. Imagine if Mookie Betts could just choose to hit righties. Imagine if every player could just choose to go up and every night that they're in the game, face the side that they're more favorable against and not get at bats against the left hand, like the side that they don't favor. Obviously, your numbers are going to be increased. Not to say, not to take anything away from him. He's a great righty hitter. That's what he is. But I'm just saying that you also think about the position that he's in. The Mets are putting him in a position to succeed. So you would think if he wasn't succeeding, there would definitely be a, a bigger issue there. That's good situational baseball, and that's the oh, for sure. Exactly. That's what I mean, though. Is like He's put in, in that position to succeed, so if he doesn't, he looks even worse. So it's good that he's doing good. Yeah. However, think about if you put yeah. some of the top tier hitters in baseball in that position and what they would be doing. Let me ask you guys this question, all right? Because this is just a looming question in my head and it's getting super tight. Without getting into a huge conversation about it, who do you guys realistically think is going to win that division? Win just that division? Yeah. Um, I think the Mets, the Mets have to. You think so? I really do. Their schedule just, I mean, they play the Brewers, which is tough, but then they play, the, I'm t- that, that Mets versus Brave series is going to come down to it. Yeah. yeah it's it it's, it's going to be. I said that on the pod like, yeah, last yeah. week or something too. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't have because the Mets should be like four games up right now because of that back or the, they got swept by the Cubs. And then they're playing the Pirates and. Yeah, they've won three in a row. They haven't been pretty, know. but I mean, they've been saved by a couple specific plays, but uh, they need to figure it out because they're going up against a tough Brewers team who so looks you, pretty good against so the So you think that the Mets win the division still? Yeah. Okay. Kobe? Oh, that's, that's and I And I don't, want, I don't want the fan side. I want your sports guy side. Uh, sports guy side, it's the Braves. Um, I, I definitely think they're going to – they're just – a great team, and I'm hoping Scherzer gets back pretty soon. I That's know. what I'm also banking on. Yeah, absolutely. He um, just pitched in um, Syracuse right. yeah, and threw pretty well. I, I think he had seven strikeouts in three innings, uh, but oh, he also gave up a run. Yeah. so That's still a good number. I guess you take, you, take, yeah, you take it and you leave it. Um, but uh, honestly, I think it's going to be the Braves. So the MLB postseason picture would have, ideally it has the Mets at the number two seed, so they're going to get a bye. Right, they're going to get the second buy in the, in the National League, um, and then they would have to play the winner of either San Diego and St. Louis, um, the the higher seed of all four teams. Right, is how it is. See, now that's been a thing, and actually, you know, maybe we can. It, something's just confusing me about it because I'm looking at the playoff tree, right? The the little tree. So yeah, you, if you follow the tree, right, it should bring you to the next matchup, right? Right, like I'm not yeah. going crazy. No, it usually does, but I, I'm th- like. 
I don't know, because if the... Because that was a problem that we had the other day, too. Well, I guess that's just how the NFL does it. What? The higher, like, if whoever the wild card is... Right, because... because it's, but it's an expanded playoffs now, right? So it's like, it's different. So... What I know, I, I just... I don't know. Did oh, they no, even, no, no, did they even come out and got you. give rules? So what I think it is, is the three and the six seed play. Yep. Okay, and then the four and the five play. The first two get buys. So when the three and the six play, the winner of the three six plays the two. The winner of the four five would play the one. Right. Right? That you makes sense. Think. That makes sense because think about it like this, right? You're expecting the three seed to beat the six seed. Yeah. Right? So with that being said, then you're going to have a two three matchup in the second round. Yeah. Whereas if you're the number one seed, you're either going to play, you're going to still play the lower seed, you're going to play the four five. Right, you're either going to play the four or you're going to play the five. So at the end of the day, you get the advantage over the two seed who has to play probably the three seed because the three seed is probably going to beat the six seed. Does right. that make sense? Did yeah. I lose anybody? No, I get what you're saying. I'm just I I wish they would come out. I feel like they haven't come out and said anything along the lines. I'm just going of, across the tree because I I posted that thing the other day yeah. about the Yankees. No, it got me thinking because the NFL does it every year. Right. So what the Yankees one was was the, and this is all just speculation. But this is speculation that the Astros would get the number one seed, the Yankees would get the number two seed, and then Cleveland would have the number three seed, Seattle would be six, Toronto would be four, Tampa Bay would be five based on standings right now. So Houston would play the winner of the four or five, which is the Blue Jays and the Rays. So at the end of the day, they're still playing. They have the chance to play a higher seeded team, higher meaning like worse. Okay. So. 3 6, you're expecting the three team to win the wild card game over the six team, right? I, de- I mean, that's that's that would be like a 1 8 in, in, yeah. in the NBA playoffs. You're like, okay, the one's gonna beat the eight seed, it may, you know, whatever. So that's what that's what they go off of, I believe, is okay, the three's gonna beat the six. So then in the second round, in your ALDS, you're gonna have the three and the two play each other versus the one seeds, either gonna play the one versus the four or the one versus the five. Yeah, I, I I I know what you mean. I get why they would be doing it and why they show the playoff tree like that. I think the NFL is makes like it's just easier to follow because I, I'm just confused as if they've even come out and said which way they're going to do it. But like you said, as the playoff tree shows, it looks like it's just going to be that way where they have set matchups for both the wild cards and then the winners go and play the the one and two seed whoever had the bye. Playoff tree is king, right? I guess we'll I guess we'll see when it happens. Let's um <laughs> let's go to break. Let's stay on schedule for once today, right? We usually don't do that. Ah. But let's stay on schedule. We'll go. We'll take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, you guys know what's coming, the New York Yankees. It is Any Given Fun Day. It's Joey Huss, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, Kobe Brickner, 10.20 a.m. September 18th, 2022, ESPN Radio. All right, let's do it. 
little New York Yankees talk here. You know, you know how it goes. The usual. Yeah, just an emotional roller coaster here on a Sunday morning. So, couple storylines that I want to talk about here. Um, and we'll start with the quote from Aaron Judge last night. So, Aaron Judge comes out. Obviously, he's talking to the media. And he says, listen, guys, I never play for stats. I play for wins. Um, and I just wanted to address this because this is the things that go through my head, right? Nobody in I think, and you guys can combat me on this or side with me on this. I think, I feel like you're going to side with me on this, but who knows? You can't be a baseball player and play for individual stats because every single play that you have, like an at-bat, is you versus somebody else. It's not like, you, you get what I'm saying, Ray? Like you I, can't, I need to expand a little bit more. Sure, so you can't go out there and, and like... Of course, at the end of the day, it's a culmination of every individual um, battle. Right. Right. Baseball baseball isn't like basketball where you can decide if you want to score the basketball or pass the basketball. Baseball is you get up there, me and you. If you're the pitcher and I'm the hitter, right, it's me versus you, 1v1, mano v mano, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the outcome, right? So there's kind of – I get what you're saying. There's almost not a maximum, but – Realistically, there kind of is a maximum on how many at bats you're going to get a game. If you go into a basketball game, right? Yeah, you can go throw up sixty shots. And I just feel and like play for to personal me, stats. Like I, I completely understand. Like I, I just don't even get what a report. Like what reporter would ask that question? And like I'm going. I, like I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, yo, what kind of question is that? Like you can't play for individual stats in baseball because your individual stats lead to those wins, right? It's not like in like basketball or like football. Really, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe maybe you're playing for a certain amount of rushing yards, or but a even those passing passing percentage, yeah, or uh, you know, uh, whatever. I won't. I'll choose not to not to throw the football because I wanna. I don't. You know, whatever. Maybe I don't want to stack up interceptions, right? Like that was a quarterback. If you're Aaron Judge, all you can do is go up every at bat and hit, and like that's it, right? So like. I just don't get why a reporter would ask that question, I guess. Like, it's like, hey, Aaron, are you playing for your own personal stats? No, nobody can in baseball because every individual stat is a part of the whole. Like, the only thing... I don't get it. The only the only thing to, to what you're saying is the only way you can play for personal stats is if the rest of your... T- like, like, the Yankees are still one of the best teams, at least record-wise, in baseball, right? If he's going to go out there and play for... Like, he can't go out there and play for stats because... Regardless, he's going to help his team win and progress further, whether it's in the division standings or whether it's in the wild card, right, up the leaderboards and help them try and get a better spot in the playoffs. Right. So and then the one thing that I will say, right, is the only way you can really pad stats, I guess, would be is if you're on a team, like, I don't know, the A's. But who on the A's has good stats? Nobody. Guess why? Because they, they don't all play together well. So when that happens and you're all hitting around 220, Nothing good's going to come of it. You know what I mean? So it's like that's the only way I could see you would be playing for your stats or a how reporter can, would ask that question how is if you're you, on a lower end team. So so you say you say the thing with the A's. Like, how could you pad stats, though? Like, how could you pad stats in baseball? I'm like saying I'm not saying you could. I'm saying that, like, that would be the only way I could see a reporter asking that right, question like, I, 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 is I, I, if, like, Judge was on the A's and the A's were 40 and 100, right? And you're like, oh, hey, Aaron, you're going out there and just, you know, doing what you need to do for yourself. Because right, guess right, how many right, intentional right, walks right, Aaron right. Judge is getting on the on the A's? I, I, I listen. I get it. 
Probably zero. You, you know what? I, like, it's just like, why would why would a, such a skilled reporter ask that question? Like, yo. It, it's, a, it's something you have to ask. Okay. Unfortunately, I feel like it's a question that obviously you have to ask and you have to continue. That's why, honestly, it's changed um, my want on wanting to be like a reporter where you go in the locker room every night. Oh, I, I want to do this. Yeah. Like, I want to talk. I, I can't report. Yeah, I want to, like, be able to interview people and stuff like that. But I want to ask the questions that I want to ask. And, and get to know them more and why they do the things instead of, like, trying to jump down their neck, bless you, when they're in a situation of vulnerability after a game where they maybe just lost or had a bad time and jumping down their throat and asking those questions yeah, that yeah, it makes them listen. don't like you. Like, what's the point of that? Okay, so, I, so I'm not on an island alone for thinking, like, just some of the questions. Uh, and, and you know what? Actually, I want to have this conversation, too, because I brought this up to a lot of people this week. Um Aaron Judge, right, in the Boston series, which was earlier this week, mm-hmm. um, was asked, uh, Aaron, what do you think of uh, the Red Sox? Like, and listen, this, we had this conversation a little bit. I had this conversation with my family. So this is, <laughs> this, is my, this is my take on this, because I'm sure everybody who's a Yankees fan who has access to any app on their phone that has baseball on it probably got the notification, oh, Aaron Judge doesn't rule out Red Sox. Well, let me sit here and give you guys this, Okay. Aaron Judge has been asked about 94 times this season. Hey, Aaron, what is your what's your plan at the end of this season? And Aaron has came back with the same response every single time. I'm going to do my due diligence mm-hmm. on every single team in the league. All right? And he says that point blank. I'm not going to leave any page unturned. I'm going to make sure I look through and I look at everything for every team. So when a reporter comes in and asks, uh, Aaron, um, hey, uh, here with a 94.6, the fan, um, <laughs> do you think there's a chance that you could play for the Red Sox next year? And Aaron's like, right, because he's a professional. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I would definitely think about it. It's a great city. Um, it's got great. Aaron Judge isn't stupid. All right. He's not going to burn a bridge, first of all. Right. He's not going to do that. Yeah, it's the Red Sox. And B, B, B. He said like 93 times before this that he was going to look at every single team. Yeah. So here we are. And I'm like, yo, yo, what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because you literally asked him that same question in April. And what, but what did it still get him in the end? The publicity that he wanted. Yeah. yeah because yeah. all you're, cause now you're allowed, right? For some reason, you're allowed to just sit there and say, oh, guess what? Judge wants to go to the, or wants to go to the Red Sox. And that's, and, and he said, it, he didn't say no. And, and that's, and that's where I get, Th- oh, that's man. where I get right, right though, bro. Like, yo, no, I'm on the same page with you. How, 100. How can you twist this? How can you twist this? It's about the views, man. But this man already said it. He already said that he would look at every baseball team. So here he is now because it's the Red Sox and it's a Red Sox series. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, oh yeah, he would play for the Red Sox. Yeah, he already said he would. Right, he but already, he didn't. He didn't specifically say that. Right. But they, you know what but I they mean? pulled that answer oh, out of him. Uh, oh, would you play for the Red Sox? <laughs> would you go play for the Mets? Right. Like, that's the next one. Yes, that's the I next would. Headline. Would you go play? How about how about we go? How about when we're traveling in, in Milwaukee, it right? It was two weeks into the season, and we were seeing Judge in a Mets uniform and a Dodgers uniform when the Yankees are the best team in the league. I don't, I, you know what I mean? What are we talking about? Here right? we go. Here we go. All right. So I want, I want <laughs> one of the, I want one of the reporters in Milwaukee right now. I want them to ask, hey, would you play for the Brewers? Because I guarantee you'd say no. <laughs> You want to do your due diligence? Ask it. I don't know. After, what, after what Brandon uh, Woodruff did to you guys last night, you might want to think Ask about it. Ask it. Ask it. Man, it was Please. looking nasty.
Like I didn't mean to turn this into a into a reporter versus the Yankees conversation, <laughs> but like these questions, man, they're just like I, I'm just. I guess I'm just trying to. It's it's the way that they to want te- you to, to do to media. Inform inform the people, our listeners, that some of these storylines are just so clickbaity. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous, dude. It's been that's been the trend since. Dude, do you remember when? I want to say probably when, like, if, if if you at all know what I'm talking about for everyone out there listening, when Fortnite started, right? That was when video games kind of, I felt like, got sweaty and got, like, crazy, right? But when you would go post a video on YouTube of that, it wasn't like, it was literally just, like, the title about what happened, and that was it. And then two, like, a year later, right, you're seeing all these different things going on with YouTube about, like, oh, you need to post this and clickbait this, that, and it was frowned upon. Then a year later... Everybody's doing it. All the big people are putting it out there that like, oh, best whatever in the game or whatever the case is just to get views. Like now that's the way that society has gone because now that's gone to the media. The media has taken that into sports and that's how reporters are being told to go out because they're like, that's how you're graded as a reporter. you, You need to go get readers. You need to go get people that you need to go get the clicks. Even though you're regurgitating information that was already presented to you. Four months prior. Do it in a different way that's that makes it stand out, makes it a headline, and makes it good for us. Because what's the way we learned when we were in school? It's about facts. I don't think it's really about that too much anymore, as much as I want to say it. But That's fair. That's it's fair. Just, it doesn't feel like it's that kind of uh, all the time. I won't say, it, like, there are, there are certain times now. It's just not, obviously, the one that people want to go and read. Because now you see, see a video, and people can edit it, cut it out. Make it look like something's worse than it actually is, and people will just see it and be like, "Oh, there's my opinion formed. No need to see any other information." Um, Instead of trying to get the whole story. And like, I had more I want to talk about with the Yankees, and we're gonna drag it over to next segment. But it's the it's it's just really like don't don't believe all like read into that article, yeah. right? Read into the article when you see the when you see the uh, the app notification pop up on your phone, and it says. You know, it has the two, like, uh, emojis with the uh, sirens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Judge would go to the Red Sox. It's like, what? Right. Like, everybody's just losing their mind. Hey, click on the article and read it, and it'll say, hey, Aaron Judge said the same thing in April. Well, yeah. And said that and didn't, and, and, and you turn it in such a way to make him think that, oh, he wants to go play for the Red Sox. No, he wants to play for whoever he wants to play for. He just said he's going to he's gonna do his, his studying, and he's going to make sure that he goes through every team and that, so yeah that was kind of what i was gonna follow you up with as well it, it's really about like i said getting people to click on or whatever to get them enticed to actually go into the article right and then when they actually get into the article there is facts and they talk about a lot of a lot of things because obviously once you get into it you can't really just sit there and lie on a, especially on major news um reports and stuff like that but i guess it's just the way we're going about getting people's attention now instead of doing it the right way we're just doing it any way we can to make it different than the last guy who talked about something like it yeah uh, uh, whatever i'm i'm over it yep um let's go to break when we come back though i want to touch on this yankees and brewers series talk about the goods the not so goods and the really bads um it is any given fun day it's joey Haas, ray ostrout and kobe breakner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team.
secret, yeah Girl, you brighten up my world, say you love me like you mean it uh, Girl, I wanna hear you say it Can't you tell I want you by my side So do you mind? And welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you, 10.36 a.m. Almost time for week two of the NFL season, but not quite yet. Uh, We have a little bit more Yankees to get to here, guys, and you know where I'm going with this conversation. What in the hell is Frankie Montas? What the hell, before, man? Before, before you, we get into this, Kobe, can you do me a favor? Can you hand me the results? Can you hand me the results, please? Thank you. All right, guys, it is just in. Willie Adamas, you are the father of the New York Yankees. Thank oh you. <laughs> so... If you don't follow us already, <laughs> if you don't follow us already on social media, I, I highly recommend you do, especially if you're a Yankees fan, because uh, as much as I say we we only we do all New York sports, I tend to no, we, push we, a little bit towards the Yankees, a little, little bit here and there, a little bit like the Yankees. I just I just, know, just sit here, and, I just sit here and go with it at this point, man. I just like the Yankees a little bit. There's but, no fighting. But here's a this is uh, from a person on Twitter by the name of Katie Sharp. That's at KT Sharp. Um, Ooh, I like Sharp. Frankie Montas is the first Yankee since. <laughs> right. Can you, can you give me the name? Who was it again? Oh, man. Was it Sergio Mitri? Yep. Sergio, Sergio Mitri. <laughs> that's, that's company right there. I could have sworn it was Boone Logan. In 2009, Sergio Mitri in 2009, to allow at least 28 runs, 46 hits. In his first eight starts with the franchise. Get this guy in that the is, bullpen. That is bad. That is that is abysmal. Yeah. That's abysmal. Guys, now here's the thing. Here's the thing that I that I that I I want to get across. Some people just aren't cut out for New York. And that's okay. And that's okay. This man is not cut out for the Yankees. He needs to go to a small market team again where there's no pressure on him, right? Like there's no, we can't, there's no excuse to make for him. He just can't do it on the brightest, uh, with the brightest lights. He can't do it. And let's not sit here and and act like he was, you know, a a stud, right? For the Oakland Athletics. He was five and 12 or whatever he was with a plus, with a 3.5 plus ERA. Um, So was he going to come in and add something possibly and have some good games? Yeah. I think what what I've noticed, right, from watching the game is he has one or two good innings to start off the game, and then all of a sudden, even like usually it's third or fourth time through the order with a pitcher that you'll be able to start to figure him out, figure out his ways, and and what kind of stuff he's coming at you with for every single bat. With Montas, it feels like after the first time through the order, they just figure him out. He starts missing his pitches, missing, missing location. They start hitting him harder. It's just like... I don't know if it's a thing of also, I really truly believe like if he's going to stick with this one, two thing, put Clark Schmidt as a starter and put Montas in the bullpen. That's my thing right now. If I've I've been watching a lot more Yankees games than I probably ever have. And Clark Schmidt can go four or five innings solid and and have a good outing, right? Whether it's in a bullpen or whether it's starting. He's been good. He's been very good for, for, you know, how long he's been waited to get pulled up into this, um, 
Whatever you Dumpster want to call fire. it. I was going to say whatever you want to call it. So, Dumpster fire. Uh, right now, it's just Montas hasn't been getting it done when he starts the game. Switch something up. Put him in the pen. Let him get comfortable. Let him get confident with his stuff for just one or two innings. And maybe then, you know, next year, start him out next year. But when you're going for a World Series championship, it's coming down to the wire, and you have a guy giving up five to eight runs per game, it's not going to do it for you. And it can't. <laughs> as your number yeah. three. Yeah, and you, know, and you know what the worst part about it is? It's usually it's like, all right, because we've had this this narrative since what August first, we'll say right. We'll just we'll throw out a number, yeah. um, a date rather. Uh, but August first, okay. The narrative has been the Yankees pitching has been so good, but the Yankees hitters can't get it done. Well, I can tell you one thing, my friends. It was five nothing. It was five nothing. I blinked. It was th- <laughs> first. There was three runs in the first. Then there was another two to follow up. Then then they punched back. Right then the Brewers came in with the righty and the lefty, and they were like, "Yo, come on, we're playing, we're bowing." And then Josh Donaldson comes back in. He's like, "Yo, shut up, home run, take this." And then the Brewers were like, "Guess what? We don't care." My boy Mitchell. So, I guess what the young prodigy. Like you ask you ask the Yankees, right? You you get you jump on them, you harp on these guys. Hit the ball. Hit. Them. Guess what? We hit the ball. We hit it well. We hit it really well. But then our pitchers can't get it done. So it's like it, it, we can never be on a fair ground so far this season, even in our wins, where we can say it was an overall, like, it, there's very few. I could count them on two hands. How many wins we say that we sit there and say, oh, yeah, this was comfortable. We had this one in the bag from the start. If you're the Yankees and you get five runs in the first two innings of a baseball game on the road, and you have your your guy who was a who was close to an ace on his previous team come over here and get nuked, doesn't that tell you something's something's wrong with this guy? And you probably shouldn't make him keep pitching. Like stop. And then the worst part about it all, the one that the thing that really just makes me angry is the fact that after. And this is with all baseball players. This isn't just Yankees. This isn't just Montas. This is something that I see all baseball players do. When they go out there and they get shelled, the first thing they do is say to the media, oh, yeah, my shoulder hurts. My elbow hurts. No, you just stink. I don't disagree. Do you want I'm me to go, sick of it. Do you want me to give you one that will just probably infuriate you even more with what the, with the rate you're on? Please. Just so you can keep going. Please do it. Uh, Clay Holmes this season. First 38 games. 39 innings, 23 hits, two earned runs, six walks, 40 Ks, and a .46 ERA. Last 20 games, 19.2 innings pitched, 19 hits, 15 earned, 13 walks, 22 Ks, and a 6.86 ERA. Ooh, that's pretty good. Wow. The Yankees have are tied for the most walk, or they have the most walk-off wins this season, but are also tied... For getting most. walked off the most. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's it's one of those seasons, man. You guys were when you're at your highs, you're you're up there. You're one of the best teams in the league. It's also you look at the, I don't know if you saw I saw it on Twitter last night. I wasn't actually watching the game last night, I'll be honest, but I saw it on Twitter last night and then they were like, Well, at least Chapman's back. <laughs> the first pitch he threw was into the, <laughs> into the fourth row behind home plate. So didn't even come near the club. <laughs> just like, so here, here's my here's my thing that I want to just instill in the in the in the uh, Yankees fans' minds, right? And I'm a Yankees fan myself, clearly. Okay, we we need to ease off 
of the hitters, right, like right now, right? Don't go blaming IKF. Don't go blaming Donaldson right now. Don't go blaming Glaber because they're showing up right now. All right, so get off of them. Get off of them. Go blame the pitchers. Go blame those guys that aren't getting it done because I'll still go up to friends right now, right? If uh, We're at a bar last night. We get in a Yankees conversation, and the first thing that comes up is, uh, Joe, like, what do you think of the Yankees? So, you know, mm-hmm. And I say, hey, I'm okay with where they're at right now because I say, you know, everybody was so all over the hitters. Now, it, like, people need to change because the first thing that comes to their mind is, yo, man, the, the guys aren't – we're not hitting. No, we've been hitting really well, actually, as as of as of late. Just last night was probably the first time in a while that you guys have actually been shut down well, across the yeah, board. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like the last, I'd say probably week and a half, two weeks, we've been we've been finding we've our been groove. putting numbers up at least. Yeah, we've been finding our groove. So it's like people are still just so stuck on the month of August in that week of a game on the road. Like we did that. We that's not that's not made up. We didn't walk in those runs. We got singles. We got doubles. We got home runs. We got contributors. Mm-hmm. So get off them. Get off them. Well, and you like, know, I'm done with it. And you know the biggest thing for me this year, too, is it's obviously easy when you just watch your team, right, sit there and, and do – watch when you sit there and watch the Yankees every night, it's probably easier for you as a Yankee fan to point single things out, just like it is for every other team in the league because you have to also think about this, right? You are the only team in baseball that has a player on your team with a man that is contributing two st- people worth of stats into your lineup and that, let, you, are and ta- that you are say, able to do. Let me say as well, not just two people, but two good players. Yes, because if you had two guys, if you split his stats right down the middle and you, both, and you put them both at 250. There's maybe four other teams that you could say, and the season doesn't even come close to them, but they're having good seasons, right? You talk about you talk about Goldschmidt. You talk about the the second half that Freeman has had. Uh, you look at Austin Riley. You look at Mookie Betts. Uh, obviously, they're all on the same team. Unless you're a Dodgers fan sitting there saying it because their lineup is just ridiculous, and we know that. You have to also think about what does every other team really have that you guys don't. And it, and it, it's honestly it's struggle with with closing out games when you guys are the away team, right? It's you guys are able to close games when you are the home team. So I think that's one of the biggest things of of winning this division. And at least it looks like you're on your way towards putting that away, except against the Astros. So you're going to have to go in. You're going to have to win some early games. You're going to have to get on the Astros early because if you guys go down in that series, that's probably the only way I don't see you guys making the World Series this year. I just... So it's like we we all sit here, right? And we, we harp on the bad, harp on the bad, harp on the bad. But we have to also think about Right, at least when it comes from an AL side of things, right? And this is coming from a Red Sox fan, so you have no idea if you how hard this is to say for me. But this is me just looking at it as an actual baseball aspect, right? Looking, taking bias out of it or whatever the case is, because the Yankees are still a very good baseball team. They show signs some nights of being like, "Oh my God, what are they doing?" Go watch any, go watch the Nationals play for a night and tell me how you think. Like what you think of those guys? Nothing against them, but you get what I mean. One of the worst. No, there's something against them. One of the worst. <laughs> like I said, one of the, one of the worst teams in the league. Right? You're gonna have a different feeling than when you're watching Yankees baseball. It's just how it is. Right? Even go watch the go watch the Red Sox, please. We got shut up by Brady Singer last night. I love the guy. I love Brady Singer, but I mean, it's the Royals. We couldn't put up a run. So I think it's just when you realistically look at it, right? You look at the Rays. They have they have very very good bullpen and very very good pitching. Their hitting is 
shaky at best. You look at their lineup and you think, how are they even in the playoffs, right? It's because of their pitching. That's how they've won a lot of games and they have timely hitting. That's what the race. You look at the Guardians. The Guardians are just in a very bad division, top to bottom. Like, they are in a very bad division. They were in one of the worst divisions, if not the worst division in baseball, right? They're coming out of that division. You look at the Mariners. They are still new. They are still fresh. They haven't had. They don't have anybody with any playoff experience. They don't have anybody. Like, Luis Castillo is going to be put in for the first time. Same thing with Robbie Ray. And the first time where they're going to have to actually succeed, right? So there's a lot of holes. I could go on, but I know we're pro- I'm just going on a rant at this point. You you see what I mean, though? I you look at You look at every team, and you have to also think of the positives and negatives of each team compared to the Yankees and be realistic with yourself. Because the Astros right now, in my opinion, are the only team that is a real, real threat to kick the Yankees out of the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. And, uh, you know, a lot of people gave backlash to, to my uh, post on social uh, where I basically said, I'm not afraid to play the Rays or the Guardians this year. I'm not. Like I said, the Rays, the, the Rays' only reason would be because they're, they're of, their, of their pitching. And, and their past, right? But, like, there's no McClanahan. I get it. But, like, listen, we've had the Rays' number this year. Mm-hmm. We have. We yeah. won the season series already. It's over. It's done. We won. They're a streaky hitting We team, won. Man. We won. Okay? The Guardians, <laughs> there's very few teams in the MLB where I could put out a combination of Frankie Montas, throw in some Clay Holmes, some <laughs> Chapman, right, and roll out um, Aaron Hicks in our starting lineup and say that I'm going to be okay in a playoff game, I'm okay. I still think we could beat those guys. But that's, a, that's a, you know, I don't think there's, I, I really don't, th- I think the threat. They're a decent team, but they're not, they're not. In that upper echelon, I think that they could surprise some people, but I think they would have to be near perfect to do that in this postseason. Yeah. With, with the amount of dude, the amount of skill, like the Rays and the Blue, like the Blue Jays, I think are probably one of the least talked about teams. Oh, like Blue they, Jays are so. Scary. I think it probably goes Astros and Blue Jays as your top two, like contender or teams that could really give you the biggest struggle. And the Astros and the Blue Jays are probably going to face off against each other in the DS. So well, it's crazy to me to think that the sweet. Rays or the Rays or the Blue Jays won't be moving on. Yeah, like that's crazy to think about right now. It is. Um, let's let's go to break. Actually, Joey, I oh. have I have one thing that I want to say about this conversation. What do you uh, got, Cobe? We talked about the pitching. Yeah. I have a stat for you guys. So on this day in 2011, none other than Mariano Rivera set the major league record. With his 602nd save, closing out the New York Yankees' win six to four over the Minnesota Twins. So and this we, is the what the win anniversary. Uh, Mariano oh, Rivera 11, set the 11. major league saves record. Yeah, on this day, on eleven this years ago, day in 2011. So, at just talking about that, we talk about how relief pitching is. What's going to get you wins, and the Yankees just aren't doing it well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, n- nobody can do it like Mo. Cole, it, come it's, on. Oh, yeah, but, but, like, I, I just thought it was fitting that Oh, it's very fitting, day, yeah. It's so it's so cute that our that our closing pitcher last night couldn't even throw a strike. But, yeah, that's It's cute. more of the fact of closing pitching has become harder and harder to find since Mariano has left the game. We've had stints. We've had single seasons. We've had this. We've had that. Consistency is, consistency is a consistency. I mean, you even look at Hater this year, man. He was con- like, I oh, thought, he stunk. I really thought that that Padres team was gonna be it. Juan Soto's hitting like point fifty or something. 
I mean, the guy's hitting like 100. Yeah. In his last like 18 games or something. They're not Josh even Bell, 500. Josh Bell's hitting 200. Hayter's got a 20 ERA. I mean, I I don't know. I don't. Baseball is one of those sports, though. You could be the best player one day and the worst player the next. It really is. Yep. Um, let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll, we'll let's throw in a little NBA conversation, just because I don't want people for, to uh, forget about that that beautiful game. Um, and it's right around the corner. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things going on with um, the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, honestly, that's that's a bulk of the NBA news, if not 90 percent of it. Uh, So let's do a little NBA talk when we come back. It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. I said it was going to be Lakers. I lied. <laughs> I just lied. So I lied. Uh, I actually have just because we're pressed against time here and we do what we usually do. So this is going to be a short, quick little segment. And this is going to be, do you feel old yet? All right. Okay. And uh, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list of free agents that are still left in the NBA. And I'm going to ask you at the end of them, right? Do you feel old yet? And uh, I just want you to say, well, I, I, you know, this is it's just sad because okay. I feel like the times are changing. I know okay. one's got to be Nicholas Batum. Uh, Nicholas Batum actually is not. He's not, a, he's not a free agent. He's actually still signed to a team. Um, but here, here's the list of notable NBA free agents that are still available, okay? And uh, it really just puts into perspective um, – where the game's going and like where the game's getting away from. So here's the list. Tell me the ones that like are, you know, they hit home, right? Because there's going to be a name on here that hits home for everybody. Jeremy Lamb. No. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Avery Bradley. Rodney Hood. LaMarcus Aldridge. That one. Tristan Thompson. Wayne Ellington. Paul Millsap. Oh, Alfred Payton. Dwight Howard. Rajon Rondo. Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony. That's that, pro- that's probably that hurts. Like, there's probably like four. That hurts. That hurts. Definitely, definitely mellow. I would say, um, who are some of the Blake other? Griffin? DeMarcus Cousins? Bla- Blake in his prime was great, but... Rajon Rondo one, and Dwight Howard? I despise Rajon Rondo. Fair enough. After what he did to the Mavericks. We all remember that Avery debacle. Bradley? He was good for like two years. Wayne Ellington? What? Tristan Thompson. What are you saying over there? You just said Wayne Ellington. Tristan Thompson will get signed. It just sucks, man. I th- also think, oh no, dude, Paul Millsap hits home. I loved Paul Millsap. Jer- I truly loved Paul Millsap. Jeremy Lamb? I took a that picture one, with Jeremy Lamb. That one you, I knew you would, you would reconcile with. I just, you could relate to that one. It's I knew sad, that. man, because like 
Those are my, like that. That's us. That's our generation of like, oh, yo, do you remember? Like we were, we were little, little guys, right? When those are going to be who dads. Yeah. One day, one day, man. It's just like, that sucks. I think probably like, like Wayne Ellington's probably the most, no, Rodney Hood is probably the most who dad, I would say. You think so? I would think so. I would say probably uh, Wayne Ellington. It's between those two. I mean, Rodney Hood showed up for three playoff games, and everyone thought he was God. And then I haven't heard anything from him since. So, well, my marriage to uh, Wayne Ellington is because when I would play two K, I like to stash him on the bench. Yeah, right. He's everywhere. No, he was on the Jazz in the playoffs last season, though, right? I would. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about I think right. So, yes. So, what is next for him? He was like, go back to the Kings. No, I'm just kidding. He Don't was just that. coveted. You know what team he could work on as a backup? Be honest, the Pistons. Just sucks, man. I think I, I'm excited to see what the Pistons are going to do this year. That's kind of a weird statement to say. I think isn't the Clippers. I think the Clippers need to sign Blake Griffin. I think the Nuggets need to sign Carmelo, and I think the Celtics need to sign Rondo, and we need to call it a night. I would. I would. And then love. the Magic need to sign Dwight Howard, <laughs> and we need to run this back one more time for the one time. Oh I my like god! Could you imagine what Dwight would be feeling if he's sitting behind Paulo in Orlando? Like, like, just to see where. Obviously, he's been sitting, right? I know he's been like a bench player for the last part of his career, but to go there with a number one overall pick and just have to sit there and watch him take, hopefully, take the magic to another level that he had them at at one point. Let me. We have ask, to talk about that too at some point. Doesn't have to be today. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. how underrated that Dwight Howard run was. Oh, it was phenomenal. That team was abysmal. Yeah. That team might be the worst team to touch a finals. In I don't history. know. That LeBron Cavs team was pretty bad. That one was pretty bad, too. That was really bad. But when you had Hito Turkoglu, Jameer Nelson, and Rashard Lewis in your starting lineup, think about that. I just want Dwight Howard to accidentally put on a Superman cape and get checked into a game. I that's all what right. I let need. me ask you. Let me ask you guys this, and then we gotta we gotta get out of this because this is <laughs> this, a, is, a, this, this, is, this is, is the ultimate this rabbit is brainless. Hole. This is the ultimate right? rabbit hole. <laughs> this is a question I'm going to ask you guys. I'll give you. The, I'll run through the list one more time, okay? I'm going to run through the top half of the list because nobody really, um, you know, it's not going to, maybe there is actually, I'll go through the whole list. I want you to say each of us, all right, just, just for, just for S's and G's, all right, what the, um, what the guy on this list that you'd want to see go back to their home team is the most, all right? Jeremy Lamb, Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Rodney Hood, LaMarcus Aldridge, Tristan Thompson, Wayne Ellington, Paul Millsap, Alfred Payton, Dwight Howard, Ray John Rondo. Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony. They all have one team that they that when you think of them, they're associated with. Ray, you're on the clock first. Who is the guy that you would want to see go back home the most? Mel. Yeah. So, no questions Denver? asked. I, I saw him. I saw him Denver in or New York. Um, I would I'd probably say Denver just because I loved NBA two thousand NBA Live. What was it, two thousand four, two thousand five, whatever <laughs> cover he was on? And I just abused and abused him with <laughs> him and Earl Boinkins and Allen Iverson. That so yours team was is Mello going back to the Nuggets. Yes. Kobe. 100%. So if I can't pick Mello, I would have to say Isaiah Thomas. Going no, back to the Celtics? Uh, Celtics? Don't say the Kings, please. Please Kings. don't. He's not associated with the Kings. Well, He's associated I mean, he with the Celtics. Who was, with the who was the guy that came up? Oh, he was a, he was a small guy, too. I loved him. And he had one big shot in his career. He played for the Suns. What was his name? Oh, that's going to kill me. 
Anyway. The Syracuse player. No, it wasn't Syracuse. Yes, it w- I'd have to look it up. Bro. And I'm pretty sure it was NC. NC. Like, like North Carolina. De- NC State? Dennis Smith Jr.? No, no, no. Oh. I wouldn't have known him. No, it was, wasn't it Tyler? Um, no. Tyler from, Ennis? No. From Sk- yeah, from, dude, I think that's who it was. I pro- I know I know the name if I said it. I right. have to look mine, it mine just, it, it's got to be Rondo on the Celtics, man. He would bring some grit. Imagine taking out Marcus Smart at this point and then put it and then inserting Rajon Rondo in when when you sub out Smart. Yes, please. Yes, please. And you missed out on Schroeder. I'll take an order of that. Missed out on Schroeder. But I'll you do have um, obviously um, <laughs> why is his name blanking me? Too? No, too. Who did they just sign? Brogdon. Um, Brogdon. They have, him, they, have, they have. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, but I still even think like they could they could work something where if, even if he does like say it doesn't ha- work early with him being in the oh, starting yeah, lineup, he'll go to the bench. So that's going to be a small lineup if they have him start without Robert Williams. I think they'll have Robert Williams start over him. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. If you come up with that name, let me know. Yeah, it's not going to be this segment. Okay. It's going to be probably off air. I'm going through every single year of the Suns roster right now. Okay, so when we come back, it's time for football conversation here. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are first going to address the New York Giants. They have the first conversation of the day, so we're going to go through and kind of break down this matchup that they have and uh, see what they need to do in order to get a win at home in MedLife Stadium. G-Men going 2-0. and It's any given fun day. It's Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you. On ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and The Free. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. That's got some serious New England flop to it. <laughs> Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. And I would like to take this moment to say what up to my boy Corey. He texted me. He's like, yo, is this uh, is this pre-recorded or is this live? I was like, yo, man, this is live as it gets. So what up, Corey? Just to prove to you that it's live. Uh, so thanks for listening. Um, but uh, here we go. Let's talk about the... One and only, the one and oh, actually, not the one and only, the one and oh, New York Giants, led by Daniel Jones and Saquads Barkley, and they have a large game today at home against the Carolina Panthers with a very good chance to go two and oh here. The line's even now. The line is even. Uh Uh-oh. And I want to go through, and we'll just say say this. I'm going to say what the Giants need to win what the Panthers need to do to win, and then what's going to actually happen. All right, so let's do this. I think, guys, and, and, and everybody can give their their thoughts on this as well, but what is it that the Giants need to do to win? You need to bottle up the running back. That running back being Christian McCaffrey. If you can stop CMC, you can stop the Panthers. Make Baker Mayfield throw the football. Put pressure on him because what won you that football game last week? Stopping Derrick Henry. 
What's the other thing the Giants need to do? That's one. One is stop Christian McCaffrey. On the offensive side of the football, it's limit Daniel Jones. Just limit him. I'll add on to that. Limit him. I'll, I'll add on to that. Limit Daniel Jones in crucial situations where it's his chance to make the big play, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Third and one, don't get too crazy with it. Hand it off to Saquon. I don't care if he doesn't get the first down. If it's third and goal from the one, hand it off, right? Do your pass plays early. And I say do your pass plays early in the downs. Maybe on first down, maybe give it to Saquon on first down. Go to Daniel on second, see how it ha- see how it works. Find your rhythm to win this football game because like we saw last week, I know the Browns are still pretty good defense over there and they got some good pieces on the front side of that line, but they did not look CMC's way a ton. I think they'll they'll try to change that up this week because I think if they did last week, they would have won that football game. Yeah, for me it's mind-boggling how many touches that I thought Christian McCaffrey was going to get into what he actually got. Yeah. And I need to look to, at Baker Mayfield. I'm like, dude, you're not even the best player on this team. The best player on the team is behind you. I don't think he's the like top three. Yeah, it's just like, but I guess as a quarterback, you always think, oh, I'm pretty much the best player on the team. However, yeah, I get, what get you his mean by CMC. That. That's what you need to beat the Giants. Giants, again, Saquon Barkley, keep feeding him. Uh, make sure that he stays in that rhythm. Uh I mean, I think Thibodeau's out this week yep. again, doubtful, which is tough. But the Carolina Panthers—they're not too formidable. Um, you got to contain Robbie Anderson. He had a seventy-five-yard touchdown uh, last week. Robbie Anderson, dude, that's that dude is so hit or miss. So cool. well, I mean, hey, yeah, he, he hit last he, week, but he didn't hit it all the last last season. So but it's again, like, he's got a new quarterback, so it's like, hey, maybe they got a little bit of chemistry there, and maybe he's still fast. He can still take the top off the Giants' defense in a snap of the finger. Honestly, my model of this game, like like Joey just said, read the model, go back and watch the exact tape of what you just did last week. You are facing nearly an identical situation here. Yeah, right? not a great quarterback, Except, a great running back. And instead of having that dual threat that Tennessee had with two separate running backs, right, where they had one that was really a good runner and the other one who was the pass catcher who really did, you know, break through for them and have that big game for Tennessee last week. It's all in one. It's all in one this week. So you're going to have your hands full. You're going to have your hands tied. And I would be shocked Shocked if if Christian McCaffrey doesn't get twenty to thirty touches this game, regardless of how many yards he's getting per uh, like per, per per attempt. He needs it. He needs to. Okay, so that's how the Giants win. How the how the Panthers win this football game? Um, yeah, it was an ugly game. Uh, there was a little bit of Christian McCaffrey last week, not enough. Baker Mayfield wasn't awful, right? He didn't show up as great as he did in this in the first half as he did in the second half. Um, the offensive line uh, for the Panthers is going to be huge for me. Can you stop the Giants uh, from really getting to CMC? Because if you can get CMC out in space uh, and you're not running in between the lines, but you're running outside, uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing. If you can get the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey and let him get to the outside where he can create his own space and do his own thing, uh, I think it's going to get really ugly for the Giants. Um, but the Panthers, I think it's limit your mistakes. It's re- This is really two similar football teams. Um you know, decent defenses on both sides, uh, decent quarterback play last week, and two great running backs who need the ball in their hands in order to make the rest of the offense flow right. Uh, so I'm going to go with, um, for the Panthers to win, limit the Daniel Jones big ball, right? Because that is one thing Daniel Jones has been been uh, able to do in his career is kind of throw those deep balls and throw them semi-accurately. Um, and the Panthers, if they can stop that and they can find a way to, 
uh, kind of just run through Christian McCaffrey on the uh, offensive side of the football, I think they're going to be just fine. I think the biggest thing for me, um, along with everything that you said, is it's time for Baker Mayfield to put his ego aside. Uh, I think that's the biggest fault of this Carolina team right now. I know you had the rivalry against a team that dropped you. You wanted to try and go out there and make the big plays, do everything yourself, and be the guy who beat the Browns and, and let them know what they lost in you. I, I, I 100% get that. That's out of the way now. You lost that game trying to do it all yourself. You didn't show up. You had a few good plays here and there. You had some good passes at the time. But make the easy reads. Go through all of your reads. Go to what got you there. Go to what... Look what got you where you were when you were in Cleveland, right? You had a great running back set. You had good receivers that got you that you got the football to in crucial down situations, but you also made the easy play. You didn't go and make the crazy play, and you relied on your defense, which this Carolina defense is not great, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to put some trust in them by making easy plays, keeping the Giants off the field, and, and running, the, running the game at your pace instead of trying to go and make the big play. So I think it's just about... If, if Baker can really put his ego aside and, and not try and make big plays is, is what this game's going to come down to. So this, this I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, those are good breakdowns. I think, um, what do we think actually happens in the game? Uh, I give my prediction. I got to look. I think the giants win. I think you find, if you stop Christian McCaffrey and you put the ball in the hands of Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to make mistakes. And I think that the giants can, I think it's another really close game. Um, and I think the Giants pull this one out, too. I think uh, Daniel Jones just needs to be a little more consistent with moving the chains and just getting the ball up and down the field. Uh, I don't think this is a big touchdown game. I think there's some field goals being kicked. Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the Giants here. I think uh, especially with uh, what's uh, what's the name of their defensive coordinator, Wink, uh, Winkdale or something? Who, the Panthers? The Giants. Oh, I have no idea. Um, Giants defensive coordinator. It's like Wink... Uh, <laughs> Who is it? We love to put ourselves in these positions, don't Don we? Don Martindale. It's Wink Martindale. Yeah. What? Wink Martindale. I just heard two different names. It's yeah. Wink. Wink Martindale. Wink you is said his, Don. Uh, oh, his nickname? Oh, yeah. okay. So Wink Martindale came out and said to the public uh, in front of the press, Giants fans, I need you to be crazy on when the Gi- Giants are on defense. If you want to change the culture back at home, well, it's going to start with every play. I need you guys to erupt on the defensive side of the football when we're out there playing defense because we need you guys. So I really think the Giants show up today and they lock up on defense. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Giants in this one. I think I think with the with the way week one went, uh, this is one of those games I got to go whatever you were going in the opposite direction, whether regardless of what I'm feeling. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think they're they're going to give Christian McCaffrey 20 to 30 touches. I think he's going to be the one to go off today. I need to see consistency. This is one of those other testament games for me where I need to see consistency from Saquon before I can sit here and say, oh, he's back to being a top five running back in the league. With this much workload, how, how consistently can he stay healthy and how consistently can he be good, especially with a not great offensive line? He looked great last week, don't get me wrong. Um, but also the Titans didn't look very great either. They they looked pretty pretty bad, so... Um, I think Daniel Jones makes too many mistakes, and I think the Panthers win. Um, I kind of have to lean with Ray here uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Again, I'll take what Joey said last week. There's a chance that the Giants. Oh, there's win. a big chance. <laughs> um, however, I just I just see Baker Mayfield not really hide him, but um, he definitely responds to adversity pretty well, even after that big loss against the, his former team, but. I just have to say, get the ball to CMC. Just let him run. Okay. Get the win. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just 
I would I would like to side with the Panthers, but I feel like it's it was the it was the comment from Wink that was like, hey, bring it, fans, bring it on the defensive side. And I just feel like Baker Mayfield's not being too comfortable with this team yet in enemy territory with a guy saying, hey, make this place super loud. Uh, I'm going to side with the G-Men on this one. Uh, but let's go to break. When we come back, it would be the next team, which would be the New York Jets. So New York Jets conversation, same thing, same song, same dance as the Giants, but we're going to talk about the other team that plays in MetLife, and that would be the Jets. It's any given fun day. It's Joey House, Ray Osterhout, and Kobe Brickner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the Free. 104.5 The Team app. It's any given fun day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. That's Pitbull. I'm Joey Haas. That's Ray Osterhout. And Kobe is just in awe over what's going on in here right now. Uh, But I'm going to start you guys off with a fact of the day here for the New York Jets. There are eight former kickers, Nick Folk, Chase McLaughlin, Randy Bullock, Matt Amendoa, Brett Mahar, Cairo Santos, not Cairo, Eddie Pinero, not Eddie, and Jason Myers. They are they're all going to kick for teams this week, including New York's Greg the Leg Zerline. Over twenty five percent of this week's kickers kick or have kicked for the New York Jets. So Jets Nation, they move. Thanks, Cobe. I wish. Thank I, you very much. I wish we had my dad on for this segment for yeah. that for that statement. He would have, he would have, yeah, he would have loved that. He's gone through some pain, and I know you have too, but it was a little bit when we were, we were pretty young when they were going through, uh, through some of their worst kicking quotes. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about the New York Jets here on ESPN Radio 104.5, the team, and we are talking about the matchup between them and the Cleveland Browns, and let's do the same thing. Why the Jets are going to win, why the Browns are going to win, and who we think is going to win. So let's start with the Jets. Uh, I think the Jets win. Because the offense can actually move, right? Um, I don't think Cleveland's defense is that solid. Uh, you saw what they were, with, what happened with Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, and that was kind of telling. Like, yeah, that's not that's not that great. Um, the defense for the Jets wasn't that bad. Uh, I, I really think. <sighs> I think it's the Jets' defense that wins them this game. Honestly, you stop the run, you stop the uh, you stop the Browns. Because if you put the hand the, the ball in the hands of Jacoby Brissett, I think you have a good shot of winning the football game. Is that crazy to say? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. With if maybe if Zach was that quarterback, but uh, if they go in with the same game plan as last week, let me just say this: the Ravens didn't impress me that much last week, and they still won by a decent margin. Like they. Like Carter dropped that score at the goal line, and maybe should have been a little bit closer than it was. Um, but the Ravens didn't didn't really impress me. You know what I mean? So I really think that the the Browns' defense is, is better than you're saying. Um, maybe I could be crazy for saying that, but I still think that their their front line is is top strong. tier. It's strong. It's very strong. Um, and, and what's the biggest 
I would say strength for the Jets offense this season so far. I, th- I would say it's the running back core. I know they have a lot of new and fresh receivers and, and stuff like that, but I don't think you're winning football games in 2022 with Joe Flacco throwing 60 times. And I was that's, just going to build on that. That's just that's where I'm coming from. If this, if that is their game plan today, I, I don't see them winning this game. The only way I see them winning this game is the way that the Browns won last week. You put the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hands on maybe third and long situations. He comes up pretty big. They did pretty well on third down situations last week. Otherwise, you hand the ball to Nick Chubb and you get the ball to Kareem Hunt around the goal line, and and things are going to work out just fine for you. That's what the Jets need to start implementing into their system to get these both, both of these guys involved for them if they want to have a chance of winning today, in my opinion. Uh, so the key for the Jets for me is, one, Joe Flacco's not throwing – Fifty plus times this game, he, he can't. can't. Like no, that's not no, something. No, 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 no. If way. that happens again, I, I don't know. He only scored one touchdown too. It's just like I don't even know. The Browns are familiar with Joe Flacco, obviously when he played for the Ravens, so they know that he's just going to be in the pocket. He's a pocket passer. Well, it doesn't take a it doesn't take a team that's in the same division to even know that though. Go well, on. I mean, at, at the same point, he, that man it, can't move if he wanted to. Oh, for yeah, and I don't for think sure, he can yeah, throw. Yeah. 55 times either. So um, I, I'd like to see more involvement of both Michael Carter and Brees Hall today. Um, however, uh, I guess on the defensive side, I still think uh, Sauce Gardner had a nice pass breakup. That could have been a touchdown to Mark Andrews last week. I expect to see more of that. Um, not sure how many times Brissett's going to throw the ball today, but definitely shouldn't look Gardner's way. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, uh, that's fair. Um uh, we kind of nailed them both on on the same one there. Like, you know, what, what's it going to take for each team to win? So I guess the question would just be, who do we think is going to win the football game? I'm pretty sure, uh, Cope, if you want to pull up the line for us, just to let us know exactly what it is. But I want to say the Browns are favored uh, right. maybe between six five and, and a half. half or six and a half. Six yeah. and a half, yep. Six and a half point favorites. Uh, I don't think it's crazy to pick the Jets. I may side with the with the Browns on this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Jets, honestly. So are you going with the Jets or the Browns? I'm going with the Browns. Oh, okay. Very slim. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the Browns as well. Um like I said, that running back duo, as long as they're healthy, man, is gonna be they're staying away from, like you said, Kobe, they're staying away from the passing game. That's what I see them doing today. I think it'll be another kind of gritty win of two teams that don't really have a great quarterback. It's gonna look kind of the same to me as the model that they had in in Carolina, right? I think that's gonna be the same name of the game. Um I just I just really hope that they change the model. The Jets change the model and, and go and try and get those running backs involved, man. Yeah, and unfortunately, as much as I want to say the Jets are going to win this game, I think it's the Browns' game to lose. Um, yeah. One of the key points that I think the Browns are going to be able to do is they're going to get pressure on Joe Flacco, and mm-hmm. I think that's just going to smell trouble. Yeah, yeah, especially with uh, Mr. Garrett there. He's uh, he's pretty and good Jadavian at pass. Clowney. And Jadavian, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's... Uh, that's it. That's it. That's the Browns. Um, when we come back, let's discuss the final New York team. They will play tomorrow night against the Tennessee Titans, who another New York team just beat last week. That would be the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so a little Bills talk, a little projection talk, and then we'll get into some uh, fantasy football players before I pick them to close out the show. It is any given fun day. It is Joey Haas. It's Ray Osterhout, and it's Kobe Brigner here with you on ESPN Radio, 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. The Capital Region's home for New York sports. This is 104.5 The Team, ESPN Radio. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Roger Wyland. Join me along with Michael Johnson Jr. for the play-by-play of all you Albany football. It's any given fun day presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. My name is Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout and Kobe Brickner here with you getting ready for football. Less than a half hour uh, till we're off this show and it's one step closer to football. uh, And that is pink. But uh, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills here. They have the Monday night game against the Tennessee Titans. And uh, I don't need to. I don't think we need to go too in depth about this, guys. Uh, maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe you guys have a different opinion. Uh, but I believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to adjust uh, based off what they did last week. They're going to learn from their mistakes. They have a great team. They have a great um, set of coaches, and I think they're going to make the, the necessary adjustments. And they're also going to look at the fact that the Giants beat the Titans last week and say, "Okay, guys." If the Giants just beat these guys, there should be no chance that we lose. So I think that's the mindset they have. They are also in a crush every single team mindset. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills handling this one. I don't think there's a plan to victory. It's play your football game and just out outplay these guys. I think the one thing you really want to see this week from the Bills is just Josh Allen. No more picks. No turnovers this week. Have a good game against a defense that didn't that look shaky, especially in the run game. You know, obviously Daniel Jones isn't the guy you, you want to emulate when throwing the football. So um, I think he'll be fine. I want to see them, like I said, get the running game more involved this week. They got Diggs involved a lot last week. That's going to be a safety net all, all year, it looks like. Um, like you said, Gabe Davis is questionable for the game. But this line is a negative 10 right now, which is kind of crazy to me to think that a number one seed uh, of the AFC is at a negative 10. I know they lost to the Giants last week, but um, they didn't look great. I think we'll see a little bit better team in Tennessee this week because I feel like they're one of those teams that plays down or plays up to their competition depending on who they play. I feel like they did that with the Patriots a few years ago. And then you look at, like, last year, we weren't really expecting the Bengals to do too much. They come in there. They play to whoever they're playing, no matter if they're pl- if they're playing a good team or a bad team. However the other team's playing, they're playing up to that standard. So I, I assume the Bills will play good. I think that, the, that Henry will bounce back, have a better football game, and I think that will allow for the Titans. So I think it will be a little bit closer game than people think, but um, I still have the Bills easily in this game. Um, I got the Bills winning as well, but one thing I will note is not a lot of times in my uh, knowing of football that Derrick Henry is stopped two weeks in a row. So I think there's going to be a very big emphasis on Tennessee to get Derrick Henry the holes that he needs to um, break off some big runs. So I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I would definitely probably lean towards Tennessee plus the 10 points, but Bills should win this game. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to get too crazy into the Bills. I think that that's a I think that's an easy win there. Um, Let's do a little uh, a little who's in who's out for fantasy football. I know everybody's getting their lineups ready. No, I just want to say after we do that, if you want, I have some guys we can do uh, start them sit them as well. Just to go through with you guys. If we got got some time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's go through just I know everybody's setting the lineups right now. So let's give you a little up-to-date, hey, this is who's playing, this is who's not playing. 
So I'm just going to run through a bunch of names here. Give your questionables, give your ins, your outs. And here we go. J.K. Dobbins, questionable um, for today. It looks like he's going to be leaning towards not playing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's ruled out. Carolina's uh, Shai Smith is questionable. DeAndre Swift is questionable. Michael Pittman is out. Uh, Alec Pierce is out. Cedric Wilson Jr. is questionable. Uh, Julio Jones has been upgraded to out or downgraded, I guess you would say. Uh, Pierre Strong Jr., uh, his shoulder, he is questionable. Jameis Winston is questionable. Alvin Kamara is, I still believe, questionable. He's out. He's definitely out? Yeah. Definitely? Okay. Mark Ingram is questionable. Um, Dwayne Washington is questionable. Traquan Smith, questionable. Wandale Robinson out. Kadarius Toney, Kobe. Do we know? Uh, Kadarius Tony is expected to play. Okay, so he's questionable, leaning towards playing. Zach Wilson out. Leonard Fournette is questionable. Expected to play. Expected to play. Chris Godwin is out. I'm going off a, another article too, Kobe. I'm kind of comparing here. There's it's a little bit of both because I just got I just got another update too. Uh, Mike Evans, Cobra. Uh, expected to play. Okay. Um, Gabe Davis questionable. Um, I'm trying to think Damian Williams out Van Jefferson out KJ Hamler out in. Oh, actually Elijah Mitchell out Michael Gallup out and Dak Prescott out. Uh, that's it for outs ins. There's not many, uh, Mac Jones will play T Higgins is expected to play Najee Harris will play. Um, and then these are guys that are also expected to play Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Alan Lazard, Jameis. We said he's questionable. He's leaning towards playing. Mike Evans, Kadarius Tony, not expected to play. George Kittle, and like we said, Julio Jones is out. All right. Um, with those, did you have some guys that you wanted to go with? Uh, for the stardom set Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to go to break, come back, and then do it. Yeah, we can do a couple right now. Okay. Um, so the, one, the first one I'm going to start off with was an interesting, um, had an interesting amount of workload last week, and that's going to be Chase Edmonds um, going up against Baltimore today. I still think I'd start him. I mean, like, it's it's the workload, right? Like, it's not necessarily the, you know, at that point, it's like not the matchups. You just have to kind of say, all right, this guy's going to get his his share. Because really, who else is there at running back there? Uh, Mostert. And Gaskin. And but, Gaskin. Uh, the big thing is why I'm going to start him is because if you look at what the Jets did last week, they threw to their running backs. And that's what Chase Edmonds does to a T. So I expect him to get at least five to six catches uh, and he's got that ability to uh, get to that second level, even with the catch. So I'm starting him. No thoughts. And that's going to bring me to my next point, Kobe of who are we starting this week between Brees Hall and Michael Carter? If you have both of them, neither. So if I had neither, he's going to say Michael Carter. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to pick one, it'd be Michael Carter. Brees Um, Hall will get his chance down the road. He will. Um, I still think um, I'll go back to that little NBC edge. Michael Carter is the heartbeat of the offense. I'm going to stick with it. He got a lot of workload. Yes, he did drop that would-be touchdown, but I think he'll bounce back this week. I think it's a tough matchup, but uh, you're going to start him just because of that receiving upside. And like you said, seven catches for 40 yards. If he has that catch, that's eight for probably, what, 43 with another touchdown. And he had 17 points without that touchdown. Um, So that's where we'll go with that. And then uh, one that I think, you know, in eight to ten man leagues, is a question is Kareem Hunt because he's probably 
a question mark for a lot of people to sit here and say, oh, do I put him in as my flex? Oh, do I put him in as my RB2? Do I take the risk because he's not projected as much? But he had the week. Both him and Chubb were top 15 running backs last week in fantasy. How are we feeling about Kareem Hunt? I, if I had to give my thoughts on Kareem, it's that he's so touchdown dependent. Like he's not the he's not the heartbeat of that offense. Nick Chubb is, and Kareem Hunt just has the potential to to vulture those those uh, touchdown runs once you get close. Um, so it's it's really touchdown dependent. The Browns are playing the Jets this week, uh, so I, I I'd assume that they're gonna move up and down the field. So that's gonna give more opportunity to a guy like Kareem. So I'd start him. Yeah, I'd have to say start him as well. Um, if you look at uh, the Browns game plan last week, they had Nick Chubb run from their 20 to about uh, the opponent's 20. And then they would put Kareem Hunt in and he would make that uh, little 20 yard, 15 yard play into the end zone. So I'd like to say he's a that, vulture. Yeah, he's a vulture. But again, I mean, he's putting up points. So um, from that week one performance, I got to say start him. And then I'll go. Uh, I got two more. The la- uh, this one's going to be between James Robinson and Travis Etienne. We saw a little bit of struggles with Etienne. Uh, Robinson got more of the workload. ETN saw the snaps. It's just a matter of he wasn't able to really catch the ball. He wasn't able to get in rhythm. Do you think that's going to be a consistent trend of they'll kind of go with game by game, or do you think that Robinson wins this and and he's the one to start for the weeks going forward? Uh, So I'll give my thoughts. I think James Robinson is just going to continue to be a dark horse for this Jaguars team. Um, I don't know where it came from that he wasn't going to play at all. Like That was like kind of the perception of people coming into this season. Like, oh, what happened? Like, James Robinson's going to get no burn. No, it's going to be a committee. But once this is all said and done, we're talking about a, a solid committee of ETN and, and Robinson. Uh, so if I had to pick one to start, I'd still pick ETN. Uh, but, like, I, I'm not confident in either of those guys, honestly. Uh, for me, I think there's a way you could start both of them. Um, but if you were to, p- if I were to pick one, it'd probably be ETN. Um, there was one pass that he just, uh, well, Lawrence missed him. It could have been an easy touchdown, walk-in touchdown. So um, Lawrence is looking for him. Um, he's an explosive playmaker. Um, James Robinson, yes, steady runner, but I'd have to go for upside here and start ETN. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a consistent thing of getting Robinson because obviously ETN missed all of last year, still getting him back in acquainted with uh, getting back into you know just playing football, right, on a live scene instead of playing on the practice field. Um, so I think ETN has a lot of upside, like you said, with, with his catching ability. And I think as the, the the season progresses, he'll start to see more touches in the red zone because we know that's what Lawrence is comfortable with. Uh, and the last one I want to go with for you guys is Daryl Henderson Jr., who was obviously the RB1 last week. Cam Akers was projected higher this season in rankings. Um, will we see, A, will we see a bounce back from this entire Rams team uh, today at home against Atlanta? Uh, or do you think it'll kind of be one of those messy games like we saw with the Saints last week? And do you start or you, do you sit them? I, I would probably lean towards it's not going to be a messy game. I think dogs like that, like don't play with their food, right? Like they like to get right after it. And I think McVay is way too much of a dog and he's way too good of a coach to ever let a sloppy game like that ever happen again, like back-to-back games. Uh, so I'm going to say that I don't know as far as the Daryl Henderson situation goes. Um, I still think that's going to be a solid committee too. Like, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd start Daryl Henderson, um, but I do know that the Rams are going to probably bounce back in a in a strong way. So for me, uh, if you look at Daryl Henderson, he was probably fifty percent owned 
uh, coming into week one. You went and grabbed him uh, on the waiver. If you got him, you start him. Uh, there's going to be some good positive game script. Vegas is having them as 10-point favorites as well. Um, Cam Akers, uh, I think you'll expect to see him a little bit more, but I think uh, Daryl Henderson's still going to get that lion's share and uh, probably get you a touchdown on the one-yard line, maybe, maybe, maybe two of them. I think the one thing that worries me about him this week is the fact that we saw a lot of Henderson last week, right? And my thing with McVay is I feel like he knows he has two talented running backs, right? Like, I don't want to take anything away from Cam Akers, but I also feel like he might go back and forth, back and forth until he really finds who having the workload more is more beneficial to this team, right? They know that what they're capable of. They won the Super Bowl last year. I think right now it's trying to figure out, obviously, without their real number two and having OBJ there, having Stafford's injury, they're trying to figure things out that they didn't think they would have to at the start of the season. Um, So that's the one downside I see, right? I think him getting the snap share was good last week. And I think it's another good week to have him in your starting lineup. Um, so I'm taking the chance. I had, I ended up getting him in three, uh, two of my three leagues. So I'm going to be starting them in both of those. Beautiful. Uh, so that's some fantasy football information for you. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, some NFL pickums to close out the show. It is any given fun day. It's Joey Huss, Ray Ostrout and Kobe Brigner here with you on ESPN radio, one Oh four, five, the team and the free. 104.5 The Team App. It's Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. Bam, bam. Come on. All right, here we go. Oh, I got to try and stay up here. No, you're doing it because... There. Welcome back here to Any Given Fun Day here on ESPN Radio 104.5 The Team and the free 104.5 The Team app. We have somewhere in the 9 to 10 minute range to run through week two of the NFL season. So, Kobe, you have the games? I have the games. So I'm going to have you give us the matchup. I will give my pick. You'll give your pick, Raymond's. Kobe will give his pick, and then he will go into the next game. Are we ready? I am ready. All right. Here we go. Patriots at Steelers. <laughs> Start me off hot, Johnny. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think the Patriots suck. Najee Harris is playing today. Mac Jones had a QBR of 12. I can't go with the Patriots today. I'm going with the Steelers as well. Panthers at Giants. Kobe, give your pick. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Steelers. Sorry. Clean sweep. Steel curtain. Okay. Next game. Panthers at Giants. We already said it. I'm gonna go, oh. I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with the G-men on this one. I think this is a I think this is another Giants win. I think they start off two and zero, man. I really do. I think I think we're looking we're looking all right this year. This is the swing game I'm talking about. I, anything you go, I got to start going with the opposite this week. I got to start getting risky. I don't want to get too deep in the hole, which this could get me either way. So I'm going with the Panthers. Jameis Winston's in, by the way. Yes. Colts at Jaguars. Uh, Do we see a repeat Kobe, of last year? Kobe, give me your pick for the G-Men game again. Uh, Panthers. There you go. Okay. Uh, next up, what was it? Colts at Jaguars. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't. There's I lightning can't. strike twice, Joey. No, I, I have to I have to go. I have to go with the Colts on this one. The Colts are too good of a football team. And Matt Ryan played very too well of a, of a game last week to, to get another loss. Uh, they're going to figure it out. There's no more. Uh, what's, his, what's that kicker's name? Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, no more Rodrigo Blankenship on the on the Colts. So I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Michael Pittman being out really tempts me. 
but I chose the Jags last week, and look where that got me. I have to go with the Colts this week. I'm going to have to say a tie. No, I'm just kidding. We're going <laughs> We're going with the Colts there. Okay. All right. Dolphins at Ravens. Woo! Really good game. Really good game. The Dolphins and the Ravens. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I knew that. You was know, coming. you know, I, I love me some Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do his thing again. I still think he's. I think when this season's said and over, and it's it's all done. I think we're gonna be talking about Lamar Jackson in the top five in the MVP conversation again. MVP show up. So this is a big game. He's gonna show up. Ravens. Uh, the thing that makes me like I want to go Dolphins so bad. I really do. I really, really do. But big play capability is the thing that holds me back right now with Tua being so inaccurate downfield last week. He really had the waddle catch that wasn't that far downfield. Waddle made the play, got broke free. That's the thing that really was the difference of that game. So for that reason, I'm I'm sticking with the Ravens. I'm gonna take the Dolphins here. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, hey, it, it's it's a good it's a good it's a good game. Like there's no there's no I think both teams I mean? both teams. Weren't didn't look great, but one impressed me a little bit more than the other. Fair. Buccaneers at Saints. Oh, the dreaded game. I don't even want to get into a conversation about this. I think it's the Bucks. I I, I think the Saints are good, but I think they're still going to start off. Uh, I I don't I don't think they can get it done here. It's it's been their kryptonite. I I want to go. Uh, I'm going to go Saints. Screw it. I'm going to go Saints. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to side with Joey here. I know uh, Brady's really bad against the Saints. Both teams are a little banged up. Um, I think Tom yeah. Brady's going to have to silence some haters here. Yeah, I, I tend to side with that too. Uh, I usually I think, do too. I, I don't think know TV, what I think me. TV is. Uh, he's TV twelve. I'm going to be taking shots at tequila at four thirty because of that pick. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Commanders at Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have a coin? I'm going to go. With the Detroit Lions. Uh, I, oh. I, I, I like the way that they played against the Eagles last week. It was a tight game, and they, they put up some numbers, man. And I, I think I have to side with them. I'm going to go Lions in this one. Give me Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Give me him. I, I sided with the Lions last week. DeAndre Swift is questionable. I don't know how much workload he'll get. And I don't really trust Jared Goff at the quarterback. So, uh, Duncan, I hope you're listening. I'm going to take the Commanders here. I'm sure he's listening. Seahawks at 49ers. Uh, I don't think I, I, I was very impressed with the Seahawks last week, but I think the Broncos beat themselves more than the uh, Seahawks beat the Broncos. Uh, so with that all being said, I am going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with the 49ers in a big uh, pickup game. Too good of a coach there in, in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, they're not playing in that wet weather that they were last week in Chicago. Uh, the Seahawks didn't look great in the sen- second half against the Broncos. For that reason, I don't think that it's going to be a crazy blowout or anything along those lines, but I do think that the 49ers win this game. Niners. Uh, next one, uh, we've got Falcons at Rams. I'm going to go, like I said before, I'm going to go with the Rams. McVay's too good of a coach to let something that sloppy come out two weeks in a row. Man like that, don't put out a product like that. I'm going with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I don't think that the, Falcon, or the Falcons are just going to, even if they have the lead, they'll still choke it somehow, so. Uh, I think it's a clean sweep here. Just hopefully Cordero Patterson. Whoa. Do you want to try that again? Cordero Cordero Patterson needs to score a touchdown for me. Whoa. (laughs) Clearly Uh, they didn't like the way you said it. These are going awry. Sorry. Uh, Cardinals at Raiders. Uh, I am going to go with the Raiders in this one. Uh, I think the Cardinals suck. And that's not new news. (laughs) 
plus the new Call of Duty beta dropped. And if you go look at the stats, Kyler Murray absolutely stinks every time that you put out anything that has to do with Call of Duty. His gameplay drops. So I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I couldn't do a week one, but week two, this is for my cousin Vinny. It's the Raiders. Nice. Sounds good. Thank you. I'm going to have to uh, side with the Cardinals here. Okay. <laughs> Texans at Broncos. Oh, I don't even want to answer it. Broncos country. That's right. That's right. I don't even want to say that anymore. I'm so upset. If the, if the Broncos lose this game, I'm never saying a word about the Broncos the rest of the season. I just want you guys to know that. I'm going to still go with the Broncos, though. Broncos need to bounce back. Uh, Bengals at Cowboys. Uh, no no Dak Prescott. Zeke Elliott is literally diminished and just done for. Uh, you can't play much worse than last week if you're the Bengals, so you can only go up from there. Like, once you hit rock bottom, you usually bounce back up. So I'm going to say the Bengals win this football game. Even if the Bengals play as bad as last week, you have a QB that is arguably just as good, if not worse, than the quarterback that Pittsburgh had in Mitchell Trubisky. So if, if Burrow could throw nine picks, and I still take the Bengals this game. I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Uh, Sunday night matchup. Packers at Bears. I am going to go with the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers has a huge back uh, bounce back game. I'm going to go with, I, I hope so as well. I'm going to go with the Packers as well in that game. Yeah, I, I messed up. Uh, it's actually Bears at Packers, but. That's even worse. Either or. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it's even it's, more. It's, it's you Packers saw, you saw the. It's still the Packers. Last six games, Rodgers 6-0, 16 touchdowns, zero picks, and a QBR of 75. So uh, if, if that. If that breaks the spell this week, I don't know what to say. All right. And then we have the Monday night matchup. We've got Vikings at Eagles. Ooh, this is a great game. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this one, baby. I said last week the Minnesota Vikings had to prove something to me. Did they look good? Yes. But you know what offense looked even better? It was the Eagles, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. This one's actually the toughest one for me. Um, I'd have to say. Oh, for sure. This is the toughest game of the week to pick, I think. The Vikings look great. Uh, Eagles, they look good as well. Against the Lions. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings too. Do we do the Bills? Uh, I mean. Well, we did it earlier. That's why yeah. I, yeah, that's I, why I, I put them down. The Jets and Browns. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So just for everybody that knows, you picked the Browns, right? We all picked the Browns? Yeah. Right. All right. So we all picked the Browns. And we all picked the Bills as well. And we all, all right. picked the Bills. All right. Um, anything else? Any comments from the gallery here? Have a great Sunday. Um, this is really, you know, the last couple Sundays, last couple days that we have left of a good spring. So enjoy it. Enjoy the last few days of summer. And uh, I'm to sit there and watch some, some NFL football again today. It's a great day to be great. Anything else? Any, we're all good? We're all good. All love, right. you, love you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your NFL Sunday. And as always, make sure.